In our gospel today, we see Jesus perform an exorcism. He casts an unclean spirit out of a man. You know, in the modern world, there's a temptation to look at the devil and the demonic and think of, think of them as a fiction, a, a, as boogeymen meant to scare us into doing the right thing, or as some archaic uh, holdover from a less enlightened time. However, I'd venture to say that the modern world is naive to dismiss out of hand supernatural evil. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, he once said, do not mock the Gospels and say there is no Satan. Evil is too real in the world to say that. Do not say the idea of Satan is dead and gone. Satan never gains so many cohorts as when in his shrewdness he spreads the rumor that he is long since dead. You know, the truth is, what occurs in our gospel passage is not uncommon. We see it all over the gospels. Jesus encounters somebody who is possessed or otherwise afflicted by an evil spirit, and he liberates them. He casts them out. Jesus himself was tempted by Satan for 40 days in the desert before his public ministry, and Jesus speaks about this reality all the time. You know, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he calls Satan a liar and a murderer from the beginning. In other words, God, who cannot deceive nor be deceived, has revealed the existence of Satan, of the demonic, to us. Now, I should qualify that all right, demons are creatures of God, right? They were created originally good. Uh, they, they are angels, so they pure, are pure spirits, they have an intellect and a will, but they don't have a body. However, one of the angels, Lucifer, Satan, incited a number of, of other angels to go along with the rebellion against God, and they were cast out of heaven. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Most importantly, though, since they are creatures of God, God is infinitely more powerful than them. Satan is in no way God's equal. God is infinitely more powerful. And Satan and his demons are only permitted to operate, to tempt and afflict mankind, because in a mysterious way, all things work for the good. All things work for the glory of God and those who love him. Okay, so the devil is real. What's the point? Well, the point is this. In the first letter of St. John, he says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And our gospel today confirms those words of St. John. Um, Jesus is our great liberator. In Jesus Christ, God becomes man to set the entire cosmos, all of creation free from sin and death and the devil. And we catch a glimpse of that in just our short gospel passage. So, Let's, let's take a deeper look. Our gospel begins in Capernaum, a city on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus goes to the synagogue. The synagogue would have been very similar to our liturgy of the word. You would have had readings from sacred scripture, and then a rabbi would get up and teach. And so Jesus got up and taught. And everyone is astonished at his teaching because he teaches not like the scribes, 
but as one with authority. What does that mean? Well, um, when a priest preaches, uh, he would do well to imitate the scribes. I know that sounds weird, but the scribes, they taught by referencing authority outside themselves, uh, referencing scripture and other rabbinical teachers and traditions, you know, Moses and the Torah. You know, when I began this homily, I referenced Archbishop Fulton Sheen, the letter, uh, a, a verse from the first letter of St. John, and our passage from the Gospel of Mark. You know, a good preacher is referencing the Word of God, but that's not how Jesus taught. You know, we see this in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus will say things like, you have heard that it was said, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say to you, anyone who looks at his wife, or looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. Think about that. He says, you have heard that it was said in the law of Moses, divinely revealed, don't commit adultery, but I say to you. The only way that makes any sense is if Jesus is God. And we see this divine authority, it's confirmed in this exorcism. Because when this unclean spirit manifests, he rebukes them, says, come out. And the people are amazed. They say, look, even the unclean spirits obey him. This, this exorcism, right, it shows us, uh, Christ's teaching and his subsequent exorcism show us that uh, his divine authority and they also show us that Christ is our liberator, that he comes to set us free from sin and death and the devil. He comes to destroy the works of the devil. So the question is, how should we, we react to this reality? And I'll say this, not like the congregation in Capernaum. Our gospel tells us when all this happened, they were amazed. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a good thing, right? But a, lot of, a lot of good biblical scholars will say that the Greek word uh, that's translated as amazed, it doesn't have a positive connotation. At best, it's neutral. It means things like confused, perplexed, um, maybe surprised. I mean, I think certainly we could say they are impressed, but there's also an element of fear. They want to keep Jesus at, his, at arm's length. And that's a problem because it means his saving teaching, his, his power to heal and set us free is kept at arm's length. Jesus comes to destroy the works of the devil, and that means setting us free. But he will respect our freedom. If we choose out of fear to remain in bondage, he will res if we choose to remain in the bondage of sin, he will respect that choice. You know, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Fear is often contrasted with faith. Uh, those of, of strong faith, they exercise it by seeking Jesus out and seeking to put themselves in his presence. Think of, think of um, the woman afflicted with hemorrhages for 12 years. There is a crowd pressing in on Jesus, and she says to herself, if I can just touch the, the tassel of his cloak, I'll be healed. You can imagine her crawling through this crowd, just trying to grasp his cloak, and when she does, she's healed. Or the paralytic who so believes Jesus can heal him, that he has his friends bring him to a rooftop, the roof of the house Jesus is preaching in, because they can't get any closer, and they cut a hole in the house and lower him so that uh, Jesus can heal him. 
Faith in the gospel of Mark is exercised by coming into Jesus' presence, receiving his teaching, his healing, allowing our Lord to set us free. Fear, by contrast, it's the opposite. It keeps us numbered among the crowds, uh, maybe wowed by the power of Jesus, but keeping him at arm's length out of fear. The question then is, how do we seek Jesus in faith today rather than fear? And I would say the first thing is to realize we need him. We need a savior. If Jesus is our great liberator, then we realize we need to be set free from sin, death, and the devil. And part of that involves rejecting this naive modern skepticism of supernatural evil. Right? We have a supernatural enemy who wants to bring about the ruin of our souls and the souls of others. Yet we do not need to be afraid of this reality. Right? We must not react to this reality with fear. We must react to it with faith and trust. For Jesus comes to destroy the works of the devil. Secondly, faith in the gospel of Mark is exercised by trying to put ourselves in the presence of Jesus. So we must do that. There's no better way to do that than to come before our Lord in the Eucharist, where he's really, truly, and substantially present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, under the appearance of bread and wine. When we come to the church and we genuflect before the tabernacle or bend the knee before the tabernacle where the Eucharist is reserved, we're bending the knee before the same Jesus. And we can speak to him from our heart and cast our cares on him. We can bring to him what burdens us and ails us. We can ask him to heal us and guide us, to set us free. And then the same in confession. When we are burdened and, and, and bound by, uh, by sin, and we go to confession, and we're sorry, and we confess our sins, and the priest absolves us, Jesus himself is setting us free. We need a Savior. So let us react with faith and not fear, seeking out Jesus, in prayer and the sacraments, for Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil and set us free.